Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores is a wonderful sponsor of this GL podcast. And you, of course, can get your lawnmower all tuned up by bringing in, get rid of it out of the garage. They'll tune it up. Take it to Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. And don't forget to tell me you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast. This highlight show here on Garage Logic will not get an official number. However, the entire staff is here. Hello. What's and up, we Brad? are chatting today. Uh, What's today's records? What number shows? You know, uh, I don't know. 72 and 105 and 28. <laughs> yeah. And the iced out was uh, May. Welcome to Casual Thursday. <laughs> Turn the heat up in here. This is casual. It's really hot. Turn that. TV off. Hey, I was digging through some stuff, and we did get an email suggesting this. Uh, October of 2005, uh, the Crusher passed away, and Joe did not plan on doing a show on the Crusher, but he mentioned it, and the phone calls and the emails flooded in. That's always it. Was always Such's best stuff when a caller derailed the program, and it just <laughs> one day you guys did a whole hour. About rubber snubber uh, things that you find on the side of the road. Yeah, uh, and it just turns bu- bungee cords. Yep, and, and that was always what was so cool about having callers is they could derail the show and really turn it into a gem. And now look at with the minimal amount of callers, the show is just in disarray, is it not? <laughs> Completely, <laughs> completely. <laughs> it's not. We're all being proprietary. So here, I'm going to give you some Crusher segments. This is the highlight show of the Garage Logic podcast. This is October of 2005. Here's Suchi Boy. Uh, I just have a very strong and fond memories of the Crusher being on television. If I'm not mistaken, one of the uh, early wrestling shows was on Sunday mornings, if I'm not mistaken. You're darn right. From that. the Calhoun Beach Hotel. I think it was 11 to 12. Yeah. And I never missed it because you might have seen The Crusher. <laughs> yeah. It was the John Gallus Comedy Hour followed by an hour of uh, AWA. And then I believe Saturday, maybe Saturday 5, 6 p.m. wasn't there wrestling as well? Now, this would predate your time. You're yeah, a youngster. I'm out of that one. But boy, oh boy, the old crusher, Reggie. <laughs> uh, longtime Milwaukee resident. He was uh, 79 years old. And according to his son, uh, was still doing his uh, weightlifting and and what have you. But he had a, uh, a number of surger, uh, surgeries to remove a tumor at the base of his brain stem. And uh, apparently that caused complications. That's too bad. Yep. But uh, I'm glad he made it to 79. And there's a picture of him in the Star Tribune uh, making, uh, which was the way the Crusher was always photographed. <laughs> yeah. And that is flexing his, uh, <laughs> yeah. he was flexing his muscles. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, one of the, uh, I think he was a part of that school of wrestling as well, where they all had to have the bleach blonde hair. Right. And uh, (laughs) so he had that going for him. So uh, great living American has passed on. Reggie Lasowski. Big ring in the sky. The crusher. Don? Yeah, Joe, what struck me when I heard that last night on the news was how old he was. He was in his 70s, which in his heyday was 30 years ago. So when he was wrestling every Sunday morning, he was in his, what, mid-40s, late-40s? Well, he was 79, but I would put his heyday at 40 years ago. Well, I, I guess and I'm he's still 40, thir- and, and I remember him as a kid. So, Well, at, even at uh, uh, 40 years ago, though, he was 39 years old. Exactly, exactly. So he was in pretty good shape. 
I'm thinking, yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you, Well, now let's see. The wrestling show, now 40 years ago would be 1965, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, when when were those popular locally produced wrestling shows on television? Obviously, you if you remember them. Well, I remember the AWA, the American Wrestling Association, which was the Gagne, which Vern Gagne and company. I don't know what... Uh, but I, you might, you might be talking about stuff that was. Prior I'm talking to my time. way back, and okay, and, uh, I'm going the '70s, late, mid to late. Oh, 70s I, no, and no, so no, forth. no. By then, by then, you were seeing something that was fairly well produced and, and almost professional. <laughs> right. I'm talking about. It was uh, you know, who was the interviewer? Uh, was it Gino? Marty O'Neill? Marty might have been. G- it was Marty O'Neill, mm-hmm. and he would interview the Crusher, and then the Crusher would pretend to. To uh, stomp Marty O'Neill into the ground, and <laughs> and the set would be two card table chairs. I mean, it was, it was in a in a ring, and it was mm-hmm. uh, it was a very very uh, very primitive. Right. By the time you came along, uh, you you were virtually uh, you were witnessing a a, a highly had backdrops uh, and curtains. Well, and, and a theme. You had uh, had a theme. There good were versus bad. The uh, the good and the bad were. Uh, I never knew that about the Crusher. Now that I think back, I, I think he might have, that that emphasis on the good guy and the bad guy might not have been so prominent then. They were all kind of jumbled together. But okay. I I remember being a fan of him because he struck me as a good guy. Mm-hmm. Steve, yeah, uh, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Modern wrestling, pyrotechnics. Oh yeah. Wild costumes. Right. Dam- damsels when, in distress. Do you remember how captivated we were as kids at the Crusher? And the only props that I can recall the, uh, the Crusher ever using was a claw hammer in one hand and an empty beer keg up on his shoulder. <laughs> yes. It and, seems to me he had some kind of puppet once, too. Oh. And then he would destroy the puppet or something. <laughs> you got me, but... I, one thing I do recall is he was speaking with Marty uh, O'Neill, and he was about to leave the set. He would wave that claw hammer around, and then he would say, I'm going to go take care of some turkey necks. Yeah, turkey necks. You turkey neck. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. David? Joe. Hi. Hey, you guys are doing a great job, and the Crusher uh, is dear to all of us. Yes, he is. Uh I remember it was sometime in, I think, the late 60s or early 70s, he did a song where he would say, do the hammer luck, you turkey necks. Right. You know? Oh, he'd and sing, I, yeah. It's got to be locally produced. You may put your uh, put your main people on that and uh, dig that thing out. Oh, he did have a record. You're you, right. He, you bet he did. Yeah. All right, thank you. Check it out. All right. The uh, Remember we had Larry Millette on. For his most recent book, which was The Coffee ta- uh, Strange Days, Dangerous Nights, mm-hmm. the wonderful black and white newspaper photography of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. There's a picture in the book of the crusher uh, meeting some elderly woman in St. Paul. I believe he was at her house. And she was a big fan. I don't have the book with me. Okay. I'd have to look it up. But what struck me about the picture was that he he was in his wrestling trunks, <laughs> and he didn't have a shirt on. <laughs> you know, he was over at Edna Grobnik's house. 
Yeah, the boots on. And, and he had, and he, he figured, you know, that she. So he's just, and he's doing this and <laughs> making muscles and growling at this woman who's just laughing hysterically. Giving and, her what she wants. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, he, but he didn't have a shirt on. He must have been taken to her house for purposes of this promotional event, and mm. then uh, went into character as the Crusher. How you doing? I'm the Crusher. Oh yeah. <laughs> Steve? Yes, sir. Hi. I remember going to uh, WTCN, I think it was, down at the Calhoun, whatever it was, to see the Crusher about 1960. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, those guys when uh, the Haystack Calhoun was there and Crybaby Cannon. Do you remember Crybaby Cannon? I don't. This guy was huge, and every time he was getting his butt kicked, he'd get in the middle of the ring and cry. <laughs> And it was just, it was hilarious. And then, and so the Crusher, but my, my big memory of the Crusher was he always smoked a big cigar. Yep. And one time he was doing a commercial for a, for a car dealership in town, like Wiper or Dodge or something. And he, he was, he was the original new sheriff in town. Right. Danny Green stole this from the Crusher. Yeah. And he's on TV and he's got nothing but his trunks on. And he takes one of those badges, those sheriff's badges and sticks it right to his chest. <laughs> And finished the commercial. It was a, the greatest thing in the world. This guy just and smoked a cigar and walked off stage. This oh, is great. Thank you. Yeah, have a good day. Thank you. 79 years old, Reggie Lasowski. He's gone. Butch? Yes, Joe. Hi. When I was 12 uh, in 1974, my uh, great aunt Helen was a receptionist at the Calhoun uh, Manor at that time. And uh, the guy was right. It was uh, alive. Saturday evening show on WTCN. Right. So your loved ones could look for you uh, in the crowd. Right. While you were watching the uh, the match, uh, at twelve years of age, I, I thought these guys were real, and I thought they always dressed the way they dressed. And uh, and um, before um, the broadcast, we happened to bump into this uh, this guy in the hallway in a in a baby blue uh, leisure suit and a briefcase in his hand and he sheepishly looked up at us it was the crusher no baby blue he didn't <laughs> want you to see him in his street clothes <laughs> probably and he knew my aunt helen by name he didn't, she knew all of these guys just uh, cordially you know hi Vern. hi yeah. larry yeah uh she even knew dr x was he uh, soft spoken yeah. Oh, they were all very gentlemanly. Um, I, I, and I happened to shake hands with the big K. Yeah. On our way out of the... Uh, uh, that's Stan the Crusher Kowalski, isn't it? Uh, yes, you're right. Yeah. And that night he had a... He kind of, to me, he looked like Elvis. Uh, a big, big Elvis. Uh, and uh, we actually shook his hand after the match. He, he wasn't even sweaty. <laughs> Butch, thank you. All right. You get everything settled down in there? Yeah. What are you doing? We had uh, 1269 was an expired spot, so we had to go and delete it and make sure it Oh, I thought you were finding me uh, the turkey neck. So. Oh, no, no, that I couldn't do. All right. Steve? You know, the best thing was, remember he used to come on and tell you how he was training? Eating more mashed potatoes, yep. more gravy, and throwing the bums out of my mama's bar. That's right. And I remember seeing him at the Met, and 
the, the the wrestling was phenomenal, but the better wrestling was in the audience when you get the farmers all whooped up in there. Right. And one guy say, oh, he wrestles like he's from Litchfield. And one guy goes, i show you where Litchfield is, and those two would be duking it out in the stands. Remember was, in his early days he had the uh, the kind of the crew cut or the flat top? Yep. And then as he got more into the 60s, he tried to have the long hair. The long hair and the big pork chop sideburns, but yeah, they were yeah. all bleach blonde. So, right. and and that puppet was, I think, was supposed to be Nick Bockwinkle because they had That's a big right. rival. He had a Nick Bockwinkle puppet. Exactly, <laughs> and, and the and the bleach blonde hair was there. So when you got that little cut, it looked like you had about a pint of blood on your head. Oh yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I've I later got to know Nick Bockwinkle very well. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember why I did, okay. but nice guy. Okay. I met him a couple times. But I never had any. Nice. I never had any chats with him about uh, Reggie. I, do hey, I bet those guys it. didn't make a nickel no. you know, compared to uh, compared now. to today. Right. Now know. they're making millions. Yeah. I do have a little crusher. It's not the turkey uh, yeah. neck, but. You'll have another chance at it, Crusher. You're done on right. This can be before the night's over. But any place I meet that bum, it's on the street or in the alley, I'm going to beat that bum. He'll never walk again around here, I'll tell you that. Anytime, anytime, place. Oh, what did, where did you? What is that? Uh, Jimmy Francis. He, do we have a year on that? Uh, I do not have a year on that. That's the crusher. How well, about the, th- how about that? Uh, any time, any place. I'll take the <laughs> bum on the street in the ring. <laughs> See, I can't do it. <laughs> no, it I hurts. start coughing. Well, you need to drink more beer and be from Milwaukee, and chewing on a, a eat more mashed stub. potatoes and gravy. <laughs> Kicking bums out of my mother's bar. <laughs> well, we could. But judging by the callers, we could keep going forever here, but we won't. We won't do that. Okay. Uh, here's a picture of the Crusher as I most remember him, and that is with his short hair. And then he tried to be groovy, and he went long hair. I don't remember the groovy years. Uh, he wrestled as recently as 1986. <laughs> Hulk Hogan and the Crusher defeated King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd. Big John Studd. I remember mm-hmm. Big John. Big John, I think, had some heart trouble, too. Does this uh, show me uh, where that, uh, what years those uh, television shows would have been on? Now, his notable f- uh, feuds were with Ray Stevens, Blackjack. Crippler Stevens. Blackjack Lanza, Larry Henning, Nick Bockwinkle, Bobby Heenan, Jesse the Body Ventura. Mm-hmm. It's too bad Jesse is such a. It's too bad Jesse's Jesse. He probably Jesse. talked to you on that. It would though. be fun to talk to him about the crusher. Uh, Fritz von Erich and Vern Gagne. Huh. I wonder, I bet, I bet, I bet Jesse does have some uh, fond memories of Reggie Lasowski. Oh, I'm sure he does. As, as, do, as does the Twin Cities. As does the hearts of wrestling fans everywhere. For an interesting driving experience and some truly historic automobile names, visit Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood, the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. Schmel's VW, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. I've uh, purchased a number of Volkswagens from Countryside. I'm on my second Alfa Romeo from Countryside. I was just talking about on the podcast yesterday. I can go to Chicago in my Stelvio on one tank of gas, 
drive kids around for a weekend and not have to fill it up again until I return home. Take that, electric vehicles. Also, SchmelzFiat.com. They've reintroduced the Fiat 124 Spider. Fantastic. It's a family-owned dealership. It's run by the same family always. It's never been changed. We're in the third generation, and uh, you're not finding this anymore. Mostly what you're finding is regional and national conglomerates-owned dealerships. So the only way Schmelz Countryside can compete is offering you the best service and uh, pricing that they can come up with. Schmelz Countryside continues to provide an exceptional personal experience focused on long-term vehicle solutions for their valued customers. And right now through January 2nd, uh, bonus cash back on Alfa Romeo. You know, there's got to be a reason. Take that down, please. There's got to be a reason the phone lines instantly went crazy. The the crusher must have touched a lot of people. I haven't... I'd be heartbroken to hear uh, a story about him that was uh, of, 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 of a boat charter variety. Oh, right. I mean, he, for all I know, I he think- was... For all I know, he was a hellraiser. I have no idea. But he... But he seemed to... Uh, convey uh, something to the audience that is memorable to people, whether it was uh, his vulnerability, perhaps, uh, or or it was almost as though you could sense he was giving you the wink. You know? <laughs> I, that's probably it right there. You almost could sense he was giving you a little of, a little of the wink. Hey, kid, you know, or yeah. something like that at the, you know, St. Paul Auditorium. That he was the, you know, that he might have had the big heart. Oh, I would not deny that. I, at I'm all. hoping that he did. He did. Let's just his say son sure speaks fondly of him. You know, I don't know how many kids he had, but uh, he just, I think he, I think he, whatever it is, I think he got it. Okay. Jim? Yeah, hi, Joel. Hi. Yeah, my favorite um, Crusher story was when uh, on Saturday night in the 60s when we were watching it on TV. Yep. And, uh, Mad Dog Vashon is fighting the very capable Kenny J. Oh, yeah. The, the capable Kenny out J. Yeah. With a bag of dog food <laughs> and throws it at the, uh, onto the ring, and the Mad Dog trips. Uh-huh. And the Kenny J falls on him and pins him. And Mad Dog comes back just madder than heck. Yeah. And, he, and, and there comes out Wally Carbo, and, and Mad Dog says, I want this match. I want this match tonight. Yeah. So, that, so Wally Carbo said, You have it. So Mad Dog fought the Crusher that night, and we took the bus downtown Minneapolis and saw the fight. It was just great. No, no, you've just raised something interesting that I needed clearing up. The television deal was setting up that that night's card, right? Oh, you bet. The yeah. card started about 7.30, 8 o'clock, if I remember right. right. That was a 6 o'clock show. Yeah, so you'd watch on TV, and then you might get so pumped up, you'd actually go downtown and buy a ticket. Oh, yeah. Okay. My friends and I would do it. We were probably in... Ninth, tenth grade, yeah, and it was safe to take the bus down. Oh, from, sure, and oh, we did it all the time. All right, thank you, thank you, Joe. David, hi there, Joe. Hi. I was fortunate enough to live in Milwaukee, uh, graduating around 1970, and uh, he was just loved by people in Milwaukee. And one of my fondest memories was of him having a cage match with Mad Dog Vachon mm-hmm. in the uh, not the Milwaukee Arena, but the air conditioned Milwaukee Arena, right? That he would promote. 
uh, for you to go there and uh, first home of the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah. All right. right. And there were twelve thousand people there that night, and women and children were crying because they thought the crusher was going to die at one point in there. <laughs> it was so great just to look at the crowd. People believed it. Half oh, yeah. of them there in Milwaukee did. Yeah. But one of my great thrills was uh, I had a uh, here's a high school name of somebody from uh, Milwaukee. I had a friend called Andy Vandenoven. Yeah. And he actually dated the crusher's daughter. No. How would you? How could you date the crusher's daughter? How would you have the Gall or the guts to oh, face it. Oh, walking on eggshells. Absolutely. This was intimidation from point one to point two. I oh, boy. It. He turned, it turns out he was. He said he was a heck of a guy. I just had that feeling. I, I he, he must have been. Look at all the people that remember him so fondly. Yeah, he was. it was fantastic, and he would always get people to feel that sense of pride in Milwaukee because he said, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go jogging on the shores of Lake Michigan with this uh, beer keg on my right. <laughs> on my shoulder to train, and that was that's all people needed down there. Thank you. Thank you. Boy, that's a brave guy, though, to date the crusher's daughter. Yeah, you're uh, not kidding. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, he says to be home by 10. You Quarter better two. be home Quarter by 10. Two. Garage Logic will be back in just a moment. Winter is underway, and at uh, EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61, you'll find that full line of Yamaha snowmobiles, crossovers, and ATVs. And if they didn't sell out for Christmas, there's 10 different youth models of ATVs in stock, and you slip them the old I'm a GLer and I hear you on the podcast, you'll get a free helmet with every gas ATV. You want to turn errands uh, into adventures next spring? All electric bikes are on sale. And uh, all scooters are in sale, uh, on sale. And I've uh, uh, repeatedly gotten it wrong, and people think I've told you that the sp- uh, scooters can go 75 to 100 miles an hour. No, I meant they can get 75 <laughs> to 100 miles per gallon. Really thrifty, thrifty transportation and great service. Don't worry about that. Tim sends a truck through town, and if you need service on anything you've purchased from EcoFund Motorsports, They'll take it back to the shop, service it, and bring it back to you. EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Poor mix, Reaver. Sorry. Poor mix. My bad. It doesn't take Sushi to be gone for uh, Reavers to run the board like normal, does it? Wait, speaking of Sushi being gone, he knows that we were all going to come in for this highlight show, which means he'll be listening to this. Oh, yeah. Yes. And he'll yeah. have his number two pencil and a pad to make notes. notes. Yeah. And so should we tell all... Should we all tell them right now we're wearing hats? All of us. Uh, uh, Kenny, hoodies. I love that trucker's hat. Um, is, where'd you get that? During the last segment, we went down to the cafeteria and uh, we're, extended play, we're goofing off, pulling fingers. Yep. Uh, I've got the TV going in the in the oh, studio. Yeah. Hello. All rules yeah. currently being violated. Every one of them. <laughs> you guys, and then somebody's going to email them. And do you know how the staff was uh, behaving while you were gone? If yep. you're not proprietary about this, then you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> we love him. He's our and we ain't ever trading them. Speaking of never trading them, Johnny Height is our own. Johnny Height's got a wonderful, uh, what, 
action-packed news don't don't cast? Don't, no. don't don't build it up so okay. right, okay. right. here's johnny garage logic news thank you very much before i do that i want to tell you there's a new fret club podcast out uh it's a 2008 interview with john harrington who's been steely dan's other guitars for about the past 20 years uh it's quite fun john talks about his career and working with donald fagan and walter becker and uh it's good. Check it out. You uh, referenced him a number of times during the fa- uh, the uh, Walter Becker, Becker yeah. piece. Yeah, uh, that's at uh, podcastone.com, or you can go to gl or garagelogic.com and click the more podcasts. You'll be able to find it. It's the Fret Club podcast. A couple of sports notes. If you missed it, I don't know how you could have. The Gophers beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl on Wednesday. Final thirty-one twenty-four. The Gophers finished the season at eleven and two. Their most wins since the. 1904 season. Easily the best Gopher football season of my life. Oh, easily mine, yeah. too. And I, you know, do, uh, does this team play like this every single game? Because no, they to get me, their butts kicked by Wisconsin. I, I did see part of that. But to me, they were like the Harlem Globetrotters of football. <laughs> I mean, even boring, stupid running plays that you can only get three, four yards on. They're they're getting first downs. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, I thought I didn't think there was a chance that they were going to physically dominate that team the way they did. Because Auburn's they really did. good. Yeah. But yeah, they do, they absolutely dominated Auburn. And this is the the most wins of any football team from Minnesota, correct? You they're saying since nineteen oh four. A gopher, a gopher team. team, yes. Yeah. Since nineteen oh four. Okay. It's but that you know, at some point you run out of. Well, it can't be thirteen ever because they don't play that many games. <laughs> but to go Roycey on it, they only played you know eight yeah, games back, games back then or whatever. Well, it's good. Yeah. Still, but still, it's, it's an extremely impressive season. So this kid from over north, uh, Tyler Johnson, Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, he's going into the NFL right easily. He he upped his draft stock. He was already going to get drafted, but he's probably he might be a second round pick now. I can see him being a huge star. Yeah, that catch he made was the greatest college football catch I've ever seen. I didn't think it, there was. I thought no. replay no shot. He's out. I'm he just glad out. ESPN got that touchdown on TV. I'm <laughs> like the very first one. Yes. Yeah, How many good. potential Gophers could be drafted off this team? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to look. There's probably three or four. And you can't leave. Can you leave early in college? I don't remember. You have to, play, you have to be three years removed from high school. Three years removed from high school, then you can turn or yep. declare yourself. Eligible. eligible. Okay. There was a great PJ Fleck quote. No matter what you think of PJ Fleck, at the end when he said, "If you want to be a blue blood, you got to beat the blue bloods." Yep. That's. I that mean, was that's a it. great quote. It's a great quote. Perfect for that game. Uh, next season's wild schedule will feature a first for the franchise in its 20 years of existence. The team will host the 2021 NHL Winter Classic on New Year's Day at Target Field. They have not picked an opponent yet. Minnesota revealed Wednesday afternoon as the next site for what has become the NHL signature event, with Commissioner Gary Bettman making the announcement on NBC during the second intermission of the 2020 Winter Classic between the Stars and Predators at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. I forgot who said it on Twitter, but how fitting would it be if the Gophers are in the Rose Bowl next year while this is being played? Because no one will will pay any attention to it then. Yeah. Uh, news. The tw- oh, you're right. Yeah. It would be a good problem to have, but that would be a problem. I should have asked you this before we crack the mics, John. Do you have the two deaths in sports? Are you covering those today? Mr. Perfect Game and David Stern. And David Stern. Well, we can. Let's talk about it. Don Larson died at the age of 90. Uh, Larson <laughs> has the distinction of pitching the only perfect game in World Series history. That was with the Yankees, 1956 against the Dodgers. And uh, was always a fairly mediocre pick, uh, pitcher in his career. It was, you know, a guy who'd win 10 games for you. 
Did you skip school to watch that game, Johnny? 56. I'm I'm old, Chris. I'm not quite that old. (laughs) (laughs) A little shot. And the other one was, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and the other one, Stern. Uh, Stern, the former NBA commissioner, uh, who I did not know this, had a brain hemorrhage last month. I was unaware of that. I did not know that either. And uh, he uh, died over the weekend. He, David Stern, was 77 years old, and he's credited with, you know, making the growth of the NBA uh, huge. I so. wish I remembered the bit, but I was working at the fan with a guy, and uh, we were doing something so offensive uh, <laughs> uh, about the NBA. And, of course, uh, that was the Timberwolves uh, team at the time. Uh, and David Stern uh, uh, heard it, and he called our, oh. our called our general manager and made us stop it. And for the life really? of me, I can't remember what the bit was. But Stern heard it, and uh, yeah, that's a highlight of my career at that sports <laughs> well, station. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wish I could remember what we were doing. But uh, yeah, Mick came down and said, Stern said, stop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> boss. You got, you got it. it. You got it. Uh, in news. The my, twi- my how things have changed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the Twin Cities has lost a local broadcasting legend. Friends and family remembering Barry Zavan, known uh, to many Minnesotans as the peekaboo weatherman. His granddaughter, Maritza Georgiou Hamilton, told 5 Eyewitness News he died on New Year's Day at 6.30 p.m. at the age of 82. Uh, she wrote in a post, he had an infectious, vivacious spirit filled with imagination. Everything he did, he did with panache, usually wearing his signature white pants. Zavan began his career as a child actor in New York City. He appeared on multiple national broadcasts. He worked in news, weather, and entertainment at television stations across the country. Most well-known locally for his work uh, here at KSTP-TV and CARE-TV. He was inducted into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame of Minnesota, was a member of the Montana Society of Broadcast Legends. Isn't that a cool title for something? That'd be fun. Yeah. He was a strong advocate for Native American rights. He was also an award-winning documentary producer. Zavanna is survived by his wife, daughter, son-in-law, four grandkids, and several great grandchildren. Matthew, did you ever work with him uh, as him being a fill-in host? Uh, I did not. I knew that he was a very personable guy, though, from from talking to other people. And I am, I was a little upset because later on in his life, he was still doing endorsements that I possibly could have been doing, <laughs> and he still had it. But uh, That's where we used to see him, up, up in AM radio, because he'd come in and, and record spots. Exactly. And he, uh, uh, from what I can tell, just, he, got, he still, he was 80, he's 82 when he died, right, just yep, now? 82, but he yep. was 81, 82, still doing spots, still as alive as ever. He was just a fun guy. He had a podcast, and I think he actually uh, recorded one the day after Christmas. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, so I, th- I, th- I think that's what I read. Okay. But he was a fill-in host uh, when I was a, a lowly board operator up in uh, AM in uh, Maplewood. Okay. I worked with him and Ray uh, Ray Scott. Ray Scott. And, Ray and, Scott. and Bob Lertzema, who walked in two minutes before we uh, went on the air and said, what kind of music do we play on this station? <laughs> Way to go, Lertz. Oh, Way to go, Lertz. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Family members have identified 28-year-old Monique Baugh as the woman who was shot and killed in an alley off of Russell Avenue North in Minneapolis Tuesday night. Police say they were alerted to the shooting by the gunshot detection system Shot Spotter at 6.38 p.m. The killing of Baugh, a local realtor and mother of two young daughters, stunned family members, including an aunt who was expecting to see her on New Year's Eve. Lucille Baugh said, the only thing I knew is she was going to meet someone to show them a house. I don't know who would oh, want to hurt God. Monique. An hour before she was killed, Minneapolis police responded to a shooting on Humboldt Avenue listed as Monique Baugh's address. Police say an adult male victim was transported to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Baugh's family identified that man as the father of her children, haven't confirmed that, and it's unknown if there are any connection to Monique Baugh's murder 
an hour later, about four and a half miles away. Uh, Minneapolis Police Chief uh, Spokesperson, I'm sorry, Minneapolis Police Spokesperson John Elder said, we'll look at any crime that occurs and look for patterns as well as any relationship there may be between one another. That's just standard procedure. As of now, no suspects or arrests. Two lucky Minnesotans started the new year in a big way. The state's lucky streak continued as two people won $1 million. Wow. In the January 1st, 2020 Minnesota Millionaire Raffle. That brings the total number of new millionaires in Minnesota to five in less than three weeks. Unconfirmed if they're going to listen every day. (laughs) (laughs) A million might not be enough. Okay, right. The latest $1 million winning tickets were sold at Cub Foods in Brooklyn Center off County Road 10 and at a Shell gas station on Nicollet Court in Burnsville. Both businesses will earn a $5,000 bonus for selling the winning tickets. More than 12,000 other players also won prizes in the January 1 raffle, including five $100,000 winners. I was not. I did not have any skin in that game. I didn't either. I, every year I say I'm going to buy one, and I forget. Yeah, so. I, there are good gifts to buy. The stocking stuffers for yeah. somebody? President Trump's re-election campaign announced Thursday it's raised $46 million during the final three months of 2019 and had nearly $103 million on hand, a massive total at the start of the election year. The quarterly total, which the campaign described as its largest yet, underscores, according to Trump people, how Trump has financially capitalized on impeachment. The re-election team has sent out scores of fundraising appeals and launched a merchandising effort aimed at stoking the grievances of Trump's donor base and presenting the president as a victim of congressional Democrats out to destroy him. On the Democratic side... Bernie, what a pro. This is just but, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. what a pro. I was thinking this this morning. I was watching a local news channel, and uh, in, in 20 minutes... I saw four Bloomberg ads. We're going to just be smothered with this nonsense. Well, did you see what's in the content of those ads? Uh, he ex- This was the nurse one. Where there's a healthcare nurse or whatever. Oh, this is one. this is the one where yes, he's extended the uh, life expect expectancy. <laughs> right. He yeah. has yeah. saved babies from death. I mean, it was just what? Dun, da, da, da. Yeah. single-handedly. <laughs> I mean, what what goober buys that nonsense? Oh, yeah. It must be out there. Uh, meanwhile, Bernie Sanders led the Democrats in fundraising for the quarter. He raised $34.5 million. <laughs> meanwhile, wow. uh, Opie, R- Richie Cunningham, Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. he scared yeah. it up. He's, he's trending he's, today. Opie he's, Cunningham. He is causing a bit of a Twitter firestorm. Oscar-winning filmmaker Ron Howard didn't mince words when asked why people in his industry tend to oppose President Trump. Uh, you might remember him uh, from uh, not only the Andy Griffith show, but as a director, he won Oscars for A Beautiful Mind. Uh, he said many of his colleagues know Trump from the, quote, president's own career in the entertainment industry. Trump starred in the long-running reality TV show The Apprentice, has made multiple cameos in TV and movies. Howard tweeted, in the entertainment industry, many who have known or worked with Trump think that while his reality show is fun and ran a long time, he's a self-serving, dishonest, morally bankrupt egomaniac who doesn't care about anything or anyone but his fame and bank account and is hustling the U.S. As you'd expect on Twitter, he's receiving a lot of positive comments and he's receiving a lot of negative comments. Did the Fonz chime in or is he staying silent? (laughs) Potsy? What's Potsy thinking? I think actually from, I follow Henry Winkler, I think he'd probably agree with that. Probably. uh, Maybe. uh, 
like you just mentioned, this is going to do nothing but benefit Trump. Oh yeah, it's and all of people yeah. who hate Hollywood right. types are going right. to. Yeah, it's going to be the same. And thing. Opie yeah. Cunningham is why <laughs> Trump got reelected. Oh, Opie Cunningham, that's a wonderful. Remember that skit with Eddie Murphy on Saturday <laughs> Night Live? All I thought about when where I he saw was that. interviewing Ron Howard and and uh, Ron. He says, "Hey, Opie and Richie," and he's like, "No, I I want to be known as a director now." And and Eddie's like, "No, man, no, man, it's Opie Cunningham." And he starts right. the yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, for the Eddie Murphy reference. At some point, the president will probably tweet back. I'm oh, guessing. of course. Oh, he won't be able to resist. Yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, we've lost a uh, Democratic, uh, I shouldn't say lost as in death. I mean, we've another person has opted out of the Democratic presidential race, Julian Castro, the former mayor of San, Ant- mayor of San Antonio who served as housing secretary under President Obama, said Thursday he's suspending his candidacy and ending his effort to become the nation's first Latino president. Some people spent part of their New Year's Eve trapped on a Washington State highway after tumbleweeds blocked the road. Did you guys see the video of this? It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, there was the two guys that were were tearing it off to get that car cleared and throwing it over. I'm like, well, aren't you just... Putting it basically in another right. spot of the tumbleweed. Washington State Patrol announced via Twitter at about 6.30 p.m. that State Route 240 was closed in both directions near West Richland. Trooper Sarah Clausen told a local TV station vehicles were trapped in a pile of tumbleweeds that stood up to 15 feet tall. The Department of Transportation had to use snow plows to clear the scene. Trooper Chris Thorson said it took about 10 hours to clear the road and opened again about 4.30 in the morning on Wednesday. Five cars and one 18-wheel semi were trapped in the tumbleweeds. No injuries were reported. Thorson said Wednesday that troopers found one abandoned car that had been trapped in tumbleweeds at daylight. Uh, they made sure nobody was inside. Nobody hurt it. That's uh, basically central Washington, out in the high desert area. Mm-hmm. Um, really close to, uh, well, south and east of Yakima. Yakima. Love the sound. Uh, friends, if you're a Friends watcher, it's no longer on Netflix. So... Uh, there's I no thought they just got a mega deal for that. They did from somebody else, as, you, as you'll see oh, in a I'm moment. Sorry, it's been on Netflix forever. Gotcha. And uh, now it's off as of December 31st, 2019. According to watchers, apparently right at midnight in the middle of, if you're watching Friends, I would have said, Gabe, what did you do to the cable? <laughs> the, uh, this has left the popular 90s era sitcom in streaming lim- limbo. Friends will not be available to stream in the U.S. until spring 2020 launch of Warner Media's HBO Max. HBO Max secured exclusive domestic streaming rights to all 236 episodes under a five-year deal estimated to be worth $425 million. Wow. wow. HBO Max is currently slated to debut sometime in May of 2020, priced at $14.99 a month. Uh, they'll have uh, streaming content including Friends, HBO programming, licensed TV shows and movies, and a range of originals. Until then, the only legal way to watch the show in the U.S. is by buying it on DVD or through digital retailers. In fact, right now, currently, the Friends 32-disc complete series collection is the number three bestseller. Really? How is that still possible? What in the hell? On Amazon, and uh, if you're buying that, it costs you almost $124 oh. on Amazon. Oh. So. A California traveler who discovered he had booked his family into the same hotel that was hosting a New Year's Eve swingers party (laughs) is outraged. (laughs) And he wants a refund. The father of four said people that are spending good money to stay at the Hilton should be aware of what's going on under their nose, especially if they have families. And you know there's a hot tub there? 
and there's crazies in the hot tub. Pay attention to what the nice hand was doing, not the naughty hand. Yeah, that's a tough one to explain to the bride. I, I didn't know this was going is, on. I really but, didn't. Uh, Honey, I'm going to get some ice again. <laughs> so it's happening in the public areas? The man and his family were staying at a Doubletree Hotel in Sacramento. A California traveler who discovered he had booked his family into the same hotel said he would uh, like the refund, saying people that are spending good money to stay there. That's the same. I must have printed that part twice. Let me go to the Double next tree. page. Okay, so yeah. that's, uh, that's their that operation. Yeah, They're owned okay. by Hilton, which I did not know uh-huh. about there. Uh, the Swingers Party was being hosted by an outfit called Allure's which was expecting about 800 people to take part. Wow. According to promotional materials reviewed by the Sacramento Bee, accommodations for the 21 and older event were said to include 10,000 feet of dance space plus a... Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Plus a dungeon room featuring devices for enhancing... Kenny, could you yeah. do me a favor? And I, I know what we all have in our cartoon bubble yeah. as to who's in the swing party, but could you please describe the body types that oh. are legitimately oh. there in reality? <laughs> there are Italians and Germans, and there's a lot of hair. Yeah. And, and that's just on the ladies. <laughs> oh. Oh. No wonder the guy wanted his money back. <laughs> I'm just trying to get ice. <laughs> and, and, and you know, you guys do know the secret to uh, being uh, in a successful menage a trois, what right? What is that, please? The, the secret is make yourself useful. Ah, boy. <laughs> I, I'm going to go get some ice. <laughs> the uh, sex party guests were supposed to be in a separate area away from other guests, but the dad's still outraged. He said he should have been warned about what was going so on. So wait a minute. When, you, when you're the organizer, you're right. the, you know, you're right. the vice president of Swinger Club, do you call the Hilton and let them know what's going on? I think you have to. It sounds like it, yeah. If you have yeah. a group. Yeah, dude. I think you have to. Do you guys, and this has nothing to do with swinging or sex, but do you guys ever do the public hot tub whirlpool thing? Do you do the pool when you're at a hotel? Well, I have to with the kids because there's no chance I can't so take you'll them sit to the in pool. So you'll sit in a hot tub with strangers? Uh, it depends. Have you ever <laughs> had a hot tub, like, say, in your house or in, in a hotel room where you were the only user of that hot tub. I have. And have you ever drained the water and seen the scuzz on the side of the tub after yeah, you get out, scuzz. even though you took a shower before you got into the hot tub? Yeah. Now, why would you want to go into a hot tub with a whole bunch of strangers into that bubbling cauldron of germs? Are we still at the double tree? Disease. <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't do a hot tub in a public... Uh... Yeah, but sometimes you just need a hot tub. I'm with Reavers, you know? though. It was hockey tournaments, stuff yeah. like that with the kids, or the St. Cloud Holiday Inn. Oh, my gosh. They would pile in. They loved it. Really? I, I was always... Uh... I would put on a full wetsuit and a scuba tank and then get in. It's the only way I'm sure getting in. What's that guy up to? He's down there. It's the only way I'm getting into a hot tub. Oh, Oh, gosh. (laughs) Three mountain lions found eating human remains and determined to be a danger to the public near a popular Tucson hiking trail have been killed. While the animals were not considered linked to the deceased's death, they failed to show any fear of officers trying to remove the remains, according to the Arizona Game and Fish Department. Authorities closed off a portion of the Coronado National Forest for a day, while officials tried unsuccessfully to trap the mountain lions Medical examiner will try to identify and determine the cause of death for the victim who was found Tuesday morning. The trail at the base of Mount Lemon reopened Wednesday ahead of a planned January 14th date after authorities decided there was little danger to the public with the lions but gone. They were using traps and not dogs. I, I, 
Have you guys ever seen the show Mountain Men on uh, the History Channel? I have. And, uh, There's guys that go to go after mountain lions with dogs. They'll take two or three dogs and chase them down and tree the mountain lion. And what is so the mountain lions just afraid of the dogs because of the numbers? Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's a good way to lose a dog yeah, if you right. ask me. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, Pope Francis apologized Wednesday for his widely viewed slap of a woman who had grabbed his hand. He, he clocked her. I'm watching that right now. He <laughs> tagged her. As he greeted Catholic faithful on New Year's Eve, the image of the Pope slapping his way free from the clutches of an admirer was an instant hit on social media. Uh, Francis confessed a personal apology. We lose patience at many times. It happens to me, too. I apologize for the bad example given today. It's amazing that he has to apologize for that when she is clearly the guilty party. Well, she is, but if you watch the video, she crosses herself, you know, 10 seconds before, you know, meeting him, and he's trying to walk away, and she's like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I did that to Jack Nicholas at the U.S. Open 1991. Oh, Matthew, shame on you. People were, he was signing cards, uh, you know, the tickets that you have put on your, uh, your whatever. Yeah, your pass. And... He grabbed mine and he and he was signing it, but he kept walking. Oh. But he walked by me, oh. so I put my hand on his shoulder oh. as if to say, "Whoa!" Oh. And he just he stopped and he looked up. He didn't even look at me, and then I went, "Oh bleep! What did I? <laughs> am I going to get this back?" And he looked back at me, and lasers came out of his eyes as he handed the card back, and I just kind of went. Mm. I skulked away <laughs> as best I could, but I realized you, you did you, not touch. Were you working the event? No, I was there with my wife. We got tickets. Okay. It was just, uh, it was just hanging out, and he was my idol, and I didn't want to. Don't you know? Hey, hey, Jack! No, that's mine. And I, I didn't yank him back, but I touched his shoulder to stop him from walking. Oh, and boy. The look I got was unbelievable. <laughs> okay, okay. I, then I'll, I'll tell my story. I Brush met, with fame. I'm at the uh, Richmond NASCAR Raceway in uh, 1999. I'm in the infield uh, standing around. Um, the drivers have just done their introductions, and uh, I, I'm standing there, and all of a sudden somebody grabs me from behind on both shoulders and moves me out of the way. I turn over to my left shoulder. It's Dale Earnhardt Sr. Wow. And the week before, he had bumped somebody out of the way. He did the bump and run, and he won the race. So I yelled out really loud, Earnhardt just bumped me! And he turned and (laughs) laughed and pointed at me. (laughs) So that's my my celebrity thing. Let me do one now. And this won't mean anything to anybody except a few blues fans. Uh, Junior Wells and Buddy Guy were playing at some place in Stillwater when I was younger. I didn't live here then. I was visiting, and a uh, girl I was dating took me to see because she knew I loved Buddy Guy. So <laughs> uh, I'm standing on the dance floor. We're waiting. There must be 10 people there, tops. And all of, really? a sudden, all of a sudden behind me, there's a hand on my shoulder, and I hear, uh, excuse me, man, excuse me, excuse me. And here's Junior Wells dressed to the nines. Cool. Walking by me, and he takes another three steps, and he's up on stage, and they start playing immediately. Cool. <laughs> and I was I basically just sat there and uh, okay. Uh, I felt uh, the power. His jun- junior's departed this uh, family. Yeah, junior is gone. Yeah. Buddy's still with us. Yeah. I saw Buddy two years ago. It was fabulous. All right. All right. I'll, then I'll tell mine. Uh, I'm in Sacramento. This is, uh, this is not town ball. The right? wife and I are sitting in a hot tub <laughs> with Kid Rock. Shut oh, up. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, God, that, that didn't happen. And he I says, you need to leave. <laughs> I wish I had taken my guitar out. I'd hit the wah-wah pedal here. <laughs> I, uh, uh, the Pope, by the way, uh, mostly Twitter. Uh, they were all in favor of the Pope doing that. Yeah, yeah. they were all. They were all. Uh, well, are I, you going to go after the Pope on right. Twitter? I'm no. not. Well, somebody's doing some um, 
snide remarks as to uh, other type of punishment that the Pope could dish out to other people in the Catholic Church. We won't go into that, though. You done, Johnny? There have been a lot of those remarks. You yeah, done? I am, yes. Johnny is all done. We'll uh, take a break, and we'll continue with our Crusher segments on the highlights of Garage Logic. GLers have made Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market in Hugo their go-to destination for every form of meat you want, including some uh, emails we've gotten recently from people who've got their smoked hams from Grunhofer's and said it was the talk of their entertainment. They're, it's a truly fabulous meat market. Garage logicians have met each other there. They've signed the uh, they've signed the documentation at the register that they heard about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on the podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, this, we started by ra- uh, 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 raving about 130 different flavors of pork brats, which must be grilled, but that's only the beginning. Choice bone-in and boneless prime rib roast, double-smoked hams, choice tenderloin, smoked salmon, lamb chops, and roast and pickled herring. It's really, really a bunch of professional meat cutters who know what they're doing, and they'll also provide you some uh, cooking and grilling tips in the event you're interested. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market is at the North end of Hugo on Highway 61. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Well, we have to play this song, huh? We've got the song. Yes. It's called uh, Turkey Neck. And uh, I don't know. I can tell by the way it'll sound. I can pretty much nail down when it was when it was done. But okay. it's probably the mid-60s. Well, the, the quality of oh, the... Well, I, I don't expect a symphony here. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. He That's... used to serenade. Uh, he would do Good Night Irene. He would hold a mop. And the, and the, and the mop would be Irene. <laughs> I remember that. And I, who sent me that? Uh, Don Jones. Yeah, he's serenading uh, Good Night Irene. He used a mop, was Irene. Oh, man. Well, here's Turkey Neck by Reggie Lasowski. Just 
That was the, nice. that was the height of insult in American culture. Was you are a turkey neck. <laughs> See that was it's an old reference wasted on the youth for me. Turkey neck. Yeah. That's if he if you were on if you were on his bad side, you were a turkey neck. <laughs> Isn't that charming? Yes. <clears throat> well, we could go on forever doing this, but you know there's a lot on the mayor's desk today. A lot okay. of news that affects Garage Logic. Okay. Well, maybe none more than the memories of Reggie Lasowski. White Sox up two games to nothing uh, in the World Series. Vikings go to Carolina Sunday to see if uh, they can make something last from what happened yesterday. I don't know if they've turned it around or not. A three-point win over a down Green Bay team doesn't really seem like a, a huge step. A down game. Green Bay team, but one uh, piloted by a Brett Favre who looked in the first half like uh, he was 25 years old again. Mm-hmm. He was That's extraordinary. Like he can th- he he doesn't throw the ball. He fires the ball. He was extraordinary. He was he was playing extremely well. The Vikings, to their credit, were a completely different team in the second half. Completely different team. I don't mm-hmm. know what Tice told them. That's the that's a matter of much speculation around town now. What uh, what tongue lashing? Did Tice uh, unload on these fellows? Uh, whatever it was, it worked. Mm-hmm. John? Joe, I, I won't take a lot of time. There's just a couple of memories about uh, the Crusher. Uh, when I grew up, we every Sunday morning we went down and visited the grandparents, and my grandfather sat there in his wheelchair, and with his one good leg, he would, he would kick as the, as the moves would happen on the wrestling mat. <laughs> and... Uh, the Crusher would come out and do his commercials in between, and one was for the Curtis Mathis TV uh, store. Mm-hmm. And this guy came out, you know, and he's got the cigar in his mouth, and he says, I got a thousand stitches in my head. And I got, are you tired of your old worn-out TV? And he'd throw it off his shoulder. Come on down to Curtis Mathis and buy a new TV. It was Coon Rapids. Are you Coon tired of right. Throw it away. My grandfather went out and bought. Now, those Curtis Mathis, those things were furniture. Yeah. I mean, that covered a whole wall, and it was just a regular TV screen with a huge cabinet. And my grandpa went out and bought one. And uh, I love the part where he says, I got a thousand stitches in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Just the greatest. Why? Why are we all having such wonderful memories of this guy? Oh, I was a kid, and it was just so much fun to sit around with my grandparents and watch that. I don't know. It was just just a good time in my life. I have the sense that... uh, in the year 2005, wrestling has lost its popularity. Is it still as big as ever on cable TV? I, I couldn't even begin to Either to could I. That. Yeah. All right, thank you. you I don't think they have the same age-wise. They don't have the same amount of fans. My grandma, 80 I years think it old, peaked. used to watch no, that. I, I mean, uh, who was who the, the hotshot promoter? The, uh, Vince McMahon. Yeah, Vince McMahon. Has his era come and gone, or is that still huge? I don't follow on, wrestling. I don't either. I don't either, but there was a time when you could not avoid stumbling across it when you were clicking, and I I don't sense that's taking place right now.
Schoonover Body Works in Glass in Shoreview is our one-stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop and has single-handedly brought back Positive Thursday to Garage Logic. I've got Mike Schoonover on the line right now. And, uh, Mike, your, your name came up the other day on the podcast uh, when we had all this rain and snow and hundreds of wrecks out on the freeway. Uh, Sushere claimed you were, you were probably standing on the curb directing traffic as the queue of crashers went around the block. And that got me to thinking, Mike, uh, about the process. So two questions. Number one. Is, in fact, winter your busy season? Is it? Well, winter, hey, Kenny, uh, winter is, uh, can be the crazy season just because of the amount of, of uh, collisions you have uh, when you have, like, an ice storm we, like we did the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, there were crashes everywhere around town. And then uh, question number two, how does it work? What happens? Somebody gets in a crash, and what I mean by that, as far as scheduling an appointment and then ordering parts and then getting the work done, how does that all play out? So two things they'll they'll have to do is number one is they'll need to in, advise their insurance company because the insurance company is going to be paying the bill. Sure. Uh, and then number two um, uh, is just give us a call and we can coordinate an appointment. Or we can coordinate uh, if their vehicle needs to be towed. If it's not drivable, we can coordinate that as well. And what I love, once those repairs are completed at Schoonover Body Works, they are guaranteed for as long as that person owns the vehicle. Now that is positive. In business for over 80 years, consistently rated as the number one or right up there number one body shops in the metro. You have a choice, folks. GLers, make that choice, the same choice we made here at Garage Logic, schoonoverbodyworks.com. Jim Brunzel. Hi, Jim. How you doing? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I- a friend of mine at work called uh, Bob Dirks, and he told me that Joe Sushere talking about the crush, and he said you should call him up and give him a holler. Jim and I went to school together, grew up together. I've known Jim all my life. Jim, tell me this. why uh, You knew the crusher, obviously. Oh, yes. Why are we having this reaction? What What was it about him that endeared him to us? Well, I think he was... You know, he was one of a kind. He was uh, the original um, character wrestler that uh, sort of uh, the Twin Cities and all the upper Midwest really uh, liked to watch. He was entertaining. You know, he'd just he'd find something in the hallway and, you know, bring it on to his interview and right. make up a little story. Uh, everything was ad lib with him. And, uh, you know, he'd talk about Wanda and talk about, you know, whatever. And he was just a, a, a real classic. His wife's name was Faye. Yes. So he would be making up these damsels in distress that he was rescuing or whatever. <laughs> and you know he never went out afterwards. He, he he was he was one of the old time wrestlers that a lot of the time was spent in the car traveling from town to town. Right. And uh, uh, he wasn't uh, uh, one that would go into the local bars at all. Really? Oh no! You're ruining my image. Oh no! No! That. No! You're here. You're upholding the image. In other words, he was. He was. He kept to himself. He was a quiet guy. Yes, he was. Isn't that something? That's he, a shock. He, he preferred a, a bottle of champagne or nice wine to a six pack of beer. Really? Now you are blowing his image, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was a great guy, and, and in in the last uh, few years, uh, Faye passed away a couple two or three years ago. And, yeah. Uh, 
they were married 50 some years and he, he took it pretty hard and then and then he uh you know had a quadruple bypass probably 12 years ago and then this summer he uh, he had a bout with a, a non-cancerous uh, tumor in his brain and that mm-hmm. left him blind in in one eye and and uh inability to eat so he was uh, fed through a tube he lost a lot of weight i and uh, he was in a nursing home and um, a rehabbing, and uh, apparently uh, they went to uh, rouse him out of his favorite chair, and uh, he had passed away. At the height of his career, or let's let's let me rephrase it. Back in the '60s, what kind of money were guys like him making? Was he able to have his family live in high style, or was he uh, was it just uh, paycheck to paycheck? Well, I think, you know, he had a real nice home in uh, Cudahy, Wisconsin, which is not too far from the airport there in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Nice home, a nice swimming pool. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I would say that in that era, you know, pre-WWF, I would say that he was probably making, uh, you know, I would say sixty-five to 95000 Oh, a year. back then, that's a lot of money. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And and he, he came from working class uh roots and and never was extravagant in anything although he always had a real nice cadillac <laughs> was he good to young guys like you you know i i think he was i learned a lot from him i i learned not to trust promoters mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you know he like i say he was from the old school where uh the the older time re- uh wrestlers really didn't uh put too much faith in the promoters and you know you had to fight for everything that you got mm-hmm. and i think that's the way he uh, more or less, uh, you know, lived his professional life. Jim, I'm glad you called. Yeah, a, a number of us are going to uh, go to the funeral uh, Friday, and uh, I think Vernon, Greg, and myself, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jim Rasky, Kenny Patera, mm-hmm. are uh, going to go down to Milwaukee. So it'll be sad. It was, you know, um, he was a legend. You're not you're not climbing back in the ring anytime soon, are you? Oh no, not a boy. No, the only the only time I I climb back is if I could wrestle Jesse. Yeah. Well, I want to know. <laughs> I want to be there if that happens. Are you calling in as a killer bee or a high crier? I want to uh, know if Jumpin' Jimmy's calling in as a high crier. You know. <laughs> Come on, Jimmy, tell him the truth. You turkey neck. Yeah. Uh, no, just as Jim Brunzel, ex wrestler. Thanks, Jim. Okay, Joe. In eighth grade, mm-hmm. I could have told this with him on the air, too. In eighth grade, you knew Brunzel was going places. Okay, you, you got a feel for it. Because we're all looking at our gruel at lunch. <laughs> yeah. at this gruel it came, you know. <laughs> and he whips out a tape measure and shows everybody his calf muscle. <laughs> Just for what the heck? Just for the know? sake of the game. I'm telling everybody. And he played, didn't he? He played for the Gophers, Gopher football. Okay. And uh, he was a great athlete, great athlete as a kid. And then he had a great wrestling career. He really did. Yeah. Stay tuned. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shushere Show. Easy for me to say. It is easier when you know, when you know what you're getting into, kind of like Jack's Cafe. 
when you know that you're going to stop at Jack's Cafe in uh, Northeast Minneapolis, have a wonderful meal, have a delicious cocktail, and get a great ambiance, especially with the back patio when it's decorated for summer or for Christmas, whatever the case may be, you know exactly what you're getting into. And Jack's Cafe, if you haven't been there yet, Please help support the podcast because Billy over at Jack's, who's the third generation uh, business restaurant owner there, does a wonderful job and he's very loyal to Garage Logic as well. So we appreciate that. So if you want to step out with your gal or your guy and it's a date night, ask about the GL Rookie VIP date night menu. It is less than $100, includes a bottle of wine that you choose, and has a four course meal dessert included. The bread pudding is fabulous at Jack's Cafe. If you haven't, Try it. If you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Jack's Cafe is located in northeast Minneapolis. If you want to make reservations or if you want to plan your party for this year, family party, work party, wedding, they can accommodate up to 300. They've got wonderful facilities. We had one of our remotes there earlier last year. So call them if you have any questions or want to make a reservation, 6297297. They're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, social media. They're also online. Jackscafe.com, J A X C A F E.com. Tell me you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast from Rook. I can't believe the outpouring of people who want to remember the crusher. He was a hero. I had no idea. I mean, hero. well, I did have an idea or I wouldn't have mentioned it. But when I saw the obit this morning, I, it was one of those, oh no. Obits. I went down to sports today, and that's what they were talking about. Oh, the crusher died. The I mean, crusher it's... died. <laughs> the crusher. And those were guys that didn't even grow up here. See, I always thought he was from here until he made it clearer during his uh, pummelings of Marty O'Neill that he was from Milwaukee. <laughs> Charlie? Yeah, Joe, I just got to, years ago, uh, I lived in Hutchinson, Minnesota. My dad was a cop there, you know, Mm -hmm. and these wrestlers used to come around the country, and they came to Hutch High School Auditorium. And you remember a guy by the name of Adrian Bailajan? He used to pull a horse up a a telephone pole with a strap on him. (laughs) Anyway, he was there, and a guy by the name... Uh, Adrian Bailey and his hard-boiled Haggerty. My dad said, well, you know, I was had stars in my eyes. He said, well, go get his autograph. <laughs> I went to get his autograph, and the guy kicked the pencil and pad out of my hand. My old man jumped in the ring and beat the snot out of him. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Who kicked the pencil and pad out of your Hard-boiled Haggerty. Oh, not the crusher. No, but the crusher was there. And when the old man went in and beat the crap out of him, the crusher jumped in the ring and held up his hand. Mm-hmm. Arm, you know, victory for Donnie. <laughs> I, I got a picture of that too. That's no kidding. Oh boy, that's something. Yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah, but cop jumps in the ring. <laughs> Kent, Mr. Mayor. Hi. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Um, I was never a wrestling fan. Right. But when I was in high school, I was I lived in Detroit, and went down to a wrestling match with a bunch of my buddies this must have been about 68 or 69 okay and the tv station down there had uh the ring which was about 14 by 14 or maybe 12 by 12 the ring Mm -hmm. and the bleachers were just a little bit wider than that right on one side right and the bleachers and the camera was on tracks right and you slowly rotated around the ring so that the camera was always facing the bleachers 
but the camera always got a different angle of the ring. That probably was the way they did it here at the Calhoun Beach Hotel. Well, I wasn't living there here then. Right, WTCN did it. Is it really? That was WTCN then. What were they then? Channel 11, I think. Channel 11. And I think they were the independent station then. I believe so. As opposed to a network station, yeah. That's what they did? Yeah. I thought that was pretty unique. But we always gave the guys, or we gave the guys heck when uh, I was there and... You know, they always threaten to throw chairs at us and stuff. But right. It was just, it was just, it was fun. All right, thank you. Thank you. Let's do this again. Four was always CBS. Five was Five N- NBC. Right. Nine was ABC, if I'm remembering it correctly. And 11 was independent. Okay. Uh, that's my story. That was back, right. Yeah. So I'm in the Crusher days. Mm-hmm. I'm focused on the Crusher. Right, that's that's what we're here to talk about. The Crusher was WTCN, mm-hmm. Channel Eleven. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. Hi. Hi. You know, you were asking what was the mystique or why did we regard him so much? I grew up a Polish Catholic, and uh, obvious interest there, but nobody could work. Not even the Pope could work a room like he could. Yeah. He always had something funny. On New Year's Day, this was in the late 60s with Marty O'Neill, this is true, he asked, Marty asked the Crusher, Crusher, did you have a good New Year's Eve? And the Crusher said, Marty, I must have. I woke up face down in the snow with snowmobile tracks on my back. (laughs) 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 And and, and, and what we know now is, of course, he, he, he did not. Uh, right. lead that kind of life. So that's where I got the idea that he was always sticking it to us. Exactly. And, yeah. and you, I think you knew that, but you still look forward to every weekend. Oh, what yeah. would he come up with now? Marty. A very funny man. Oh, very much. Thank you. Yeah. Dean? Yes. Quickly, yeah, quickly, please. Went to high school in uh, Milwaukee. All right. And uh, a wrestling team played South Milwaukee. Reggie's son in 1967 was a wrestler and a good one. Okay. Crusher's up in the stands about 15 rows up with his doll, Faye. His son's throwing our guy around like a rag doll. Right. And uh, Crusher's up there. He says, what are you waiting for, a beer? Pin him, pin him. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dean. Okay, bye. What are you waiting for, a beer? At a high school match. He's still working it there. He's yeah. working a high school crowd. <laughs> <clears throat> Stay tuned, Garage Logic. Uh, open for business on this chilly afternoon. Well, we'll be back. Okay. Uh, All five, your thoughts. 2005, <laughs> what a great broadcast year. Sorry that we uh, lost the crush, but. Uh, I tell you what, I know that was uh, fun to listen to those calls and to hear stories about uh, the Crusher. There is more. We're going to end this right now, and tomorrow we're going to come back, and I've got one, two, three, four, five more segments. Nice. And they're just as entertaining. Cool. We also have an interview uh, with the Crusher and Mean Gene Oakland that we're going to uh, go ahead and replay. But I drink a keg of beer a day. We go to the saloon. <laughs> Not the saloon, the saloon. But if you, uh, if you want to tell others where to reach this, because you already know, you're going to garagelogic.com for all of your Garage Logic gear, po- uh, podcast episodes that you may have overlooked. And don't forget to tell them the Rook sent you. 
when you check out Jack's Cafe, Mancetti's, 30 Bales, <laughs> DK Mags, etc. Catch you tomorrow. It's, it, uh, can I tell a story before we finish? Yeah. It's funny you say, tell them the Rook sent you, like to Mancetti's. I got a complaint from a guy on email because he said, I went there and said the Rook sent me. They didn't know what I was talking about. Right. It's not because that. it was my commercial yeah. time, not the works. <laughs> okay, that's all. Right. All right, and thanks to Mike Fradaloni and family at uh, Fradaloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores for all those um, white lights at the last minute during the holiday season. Now we'll switch it over to 2020 and continue to patronize. GarageLogic.com. We'll catch you guys in the next highlight podcast.